0: This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com thecitadelcafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. this is the citadel cafe episode number 394 for wednesday february 17th 2021 my name is joel duggan and the citadel cafe is where my friends and i hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into joining me this week is ryan murphy you can find him at zombies ate my podcast dungeons and diapers and the gamers in as well as R murphy on twitter and slash ryan murphy ca on twitch welcome back to the show my friend
1: hello hello uh it's interesting I, I thought how am i gonna do this this small talk intro banter and i thought to myself well we're not allowed to talk about weather and then i remembered we should add another rule to the tcc which is uh ryan's not going to talk about when was the last time i'm on and then like while you're talking googling it figuring it out and then interrupting you and saying oh i haven't been on in x amount of time now mind you i did not look it up pre-show so i don't actually know it but that would be breaking the second rule of intro talk so i'm not going to do it um but it's probably been since Christmas, I would guess.
0: Inside Dang. joke, it was Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Dang, I, yeah. I already screwed up. All right, it, next it, time. Yeah, it's been... Well, it's only been six weeks into the new year. So, like, I haven't recorded very many new episodes. So, I've gone through I've gone through the roster of the regular uh, the regular co-hosts at least once. Um, well, that's good. And, uh, it, we, and it's been great because, like, I, I, for those of you that are, are maybe new to the podcast this week, if you don't know, um, we now have a regular co-host on the first week of the month so steven uh, esc is on the show now monthly which is fantastic Uh, and speaking of regular co-hosts ryan is filling in for brockett who is on daddy duty brockett and his wife laura welcomed their daughter ainsley earlier this month and so brockett's gonna be busy uh helping out with the new baby the next couple weeks so congrats to brockett and, and laura everybody seems to be doing healthy and happy and and cute wow they're cute uh, because um they have an older daughter that's two. Uh and everybody looks like mom. I'm sure they probably get this a lot, but all of them look like Laura. <laughs> so uh but they're a pretty cute little family. So big congrats to Brockett and Laura. And Brockett will be back on the show maybe in I think he said April, maybe May, um, just to have a couple of months to kind of focus on what's happening with the fam.
1: Yeah. Oh, I feel you on that. Uh <laughs> having three kids now, when you welcome uh when you welcome a newborn when you already have kids, it's a it's a whole new Whole new ball game. Uh, hopefully, they're hopefully the oldest is still napping because I found like that was the that was the easiest way to to ease into multiple kids as long as one of them is is still napping because once they stop napping, it's um you're you're on you're on duty all day long. So,
0: well, you can tell that I don't have any kids because I don't know when the napping stops. But Emerson's like two and a half
1: ish, okay. something like that. It, it depends on the kid. Uh, you know, uh, I found you know my oldest would nap he napped right, I feel like he napped until he was, until he was three. But then middle child, Abigail, she stopped napping early. And, and I think she stopped napping the same time Caden did. So she was like in tandem with her older brother. And now it's, it's like, okay, we got to keep you two quiet while the little baby's sleeping. And it's just this whole game of shh, but not saying shh so loud that you wake up the baby, which is tough. Uh, <laughs> God, it's a balance i can it's only imagine
0: balance. um <laughs> well speaking of uh new stuff i want to give another shout out to a friend of the show alistair mcfly and his co-host trevor whale who have launched their new podcast long range sensors this past week you can get that at longrangesensors.com dot if you haven't figured it out it's about star trek because that's usually why i have alistair on the show uh when we want to talk about that or like cool retro arcade tabletop stuff um but uh Star Trek is his true passion, and uh, they've got the new podcast out there. So you can find that at longrangesensors.com. Give it a listen. There's one episode out there now. By the time you listen to this podcast, there might be a second. They're recording another one this week. Uh, so check that out. And I, I, I'll i say to everyone the same thing that I said to Alistair. I can't believe that that website was available. <laughs> yeah. Holy Actually, crap. You know,
1: now that you mentioned that, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> Easy to remember. Longrangesensors.com. Check it out. Uh, and this is where I, we could go into like, what have we, what have we been up to? What are we doing? But you know what? I've just been playing a lot of Xbox games. That's it. That's my non-work life is basically, uh, taking advantage of the new, the new system. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show this week is because now that I've had the Xbox for almost a month, I guess. I don't remember when I got it. Isn't that sad? Can't be. Yeah, well, can't I mean, be the month. last
1: six weeks have been a bit of a pandemic blur so yeah
0: i it it was the very tail end of january so i guess i've only really had it two weeks so it just it just feels because of the the amount of time i've spent with it i guess uh and and coming off of not having a very nice tv not being interested in a lot of new stuff that's been coming out for films and whatnot i just wasn't spending a lot of time in front of the television you know like i'd be watching i'd be more uh, apt to watch youtube on my on my ipad you know kicking back on the couch doing that then i would be to watch something on netflix on the tv just because unless there was something i was dying to see but like there really wasn't very much and so the combination of having a nice new television and having uh the xbox series x now um rather than kicking up and watching netflix like i'm doing interactive stuff which is way more engaging for me i find at night and so um i thought we can maybe dive into that experience because it's been a little while of like messing around with the settings and and trying some new games and and um, and actually we did a you and I did a co-op uh, multiplayer thing on Destiny Two Beyond Light there on on Monday night, uh, which was really really fun except, except for the last part and we'll get into this now but except for the last part where you took us on a was it a fire a strike oh, playlist oh yeah or we something? did the strike
1: playlist and I forgot that oh this is all the content that we probably haven't experienced yet. And I'm, Lost. I used to be, I used to be good at destinying, but now I'm, I'm, I'm all new again.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't remember dying a lot, but I certainly got my, my butt handed to me a number of times by some of the fights that were happening on like floating asteroids. And like, I don't, I've never been here. <laughs> there were yeah. bad guys that I had never seen. It's like, why are they black and glowing? I don't know what's going on. And so uh it's been, it was a little bit over my head, but the first couple things, um, and then we was, we we switched gears and we and we started doing missions for you because I mentioned this last week on the show with Destiny Two Beyond Light. They've revamped the onboarding missions of like so you're new like Joel. Uh, Welcome to Destiny, this is the rules and this is how it works and blah, blah, blah. And so you do those missions and then you move on to the Beyond Light missions. They've removed the other missions from the game, the old stuff. Like if you wanna, if you're a hundred percenter like me and you go like, hey, I'm new to Destiny, what's the order I should play the missions in so I can get the story? Um, You can't because the first three campaigns are just not there. And the two latest expansions before Beyond Light are there, but all the content gives you rewards that are underpowered. So you're better off to basically do the intro missions and then start the Beyond Light content, the new stuff. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. And then on Monday night, you and I switched over and we started helping you through the tail end of the, the onboarding missions. So as someone coming into Destiny that's played it before, like how did you find the, the intro back into it?
1: Yeah, it, it's an interesting experience jumping back into what is essentially um, an MMO style game after uh years of, of being away and i i played destiny 1 you know at launch played all the expansions as they came out played destiny 2 at launch on pc played the first expansion uh that came out and and enjoyed it i th- I did some rating as well and kind of kept up with it and uh and then i kind of fell off of it and with this new expansion beyond light they announced hey in order to provide a better experience we're going to start sunsetting content and bringing it back in sort of waves after we've you know brought it in. you know we disney vault it and then we we touch it up and then we bring it back in a in a new in a new light um so my experience coming back is kind of like i know the start of the story of destiny 2 then there's like this gap that bungie has essentially said like ah. Uh, It existed, it happened, and you can go back and play it, but as you said, Beyond Light is our current serving that we're pushing forward. And I mean, it's really unfortunate. I mean, the Destiny 2 story, the Destiny story in general, has always been this weird sort of side project. Uh, You know, gameplay first, story second, as opposed to kind of the Halo games that were made by the same company, was sort of a balance between gameplay and story, um, which I really liked. So with Destiny, it's like when you've got this story that is just kind of there to prop up the gameplay because the gameplay is first and foremost. And, I, and again, if you want to get into destiny and you're right in there and you love the story, that is certainly, I'm not saying it's not possible to do that, but for me coming in and I'm, I feel like I've skipped to the ending of the book or I've skipped to the third chapter in the new book. It's like, well, I don't know what's going on with all this other stuff. And does it feed into beyond light or is beyond like a whole new experience? Uh, so I, But then I think, as you said, last week on on the cafe, it was like, you just kind of have to push through that (laughs) and ignore it and maybe go back to it or read a Wikipedia article or something. Um, But yeah, the story is like, they kind of wiped it away in in, in, it literally because I think you get the Beyond Light, uh, you know, cinematic, which propped, which came up for me with, you know, uninitiated, just kind of like, here it is three planets disappeared and i'm like oh okay so that's how they get away with sending you to the new content because they literally disappeared (laughs) (laughs) it's weird i thought they would just say like hey you know this content's no longer accessible and it'll come back later it's like nah there's a canon reason it's not even a canon reason there's a canon explanation it's just gone um i think the darkness kind of came in and and uh and, and muddied the waters a yeah, little
0: bit. yeah that's the impression that i got i i don't remember exactly how there are some hints in the dialogue that you know congratulations you've kind of finished your you know earlier missions uh now that you're an accomplished guardian i need your help with something uh mm-hmm. slash you know mercury venus and uh, i don't remember the other planet mars i think um
1: yeah it was like i o is a couple yeah, moons yeah so and... i o
0: mercury and mars i think i can't remember how it goes but, yeah, Titan or I think yeah, Titan might have been one. They they've but all yeah. disappeared, and and the the dialogue is basically like you can imagine sort of like a Ryan Reynolds movie moment where it's you know you're in this group of people that are all getting the same speech, uh, and and then you just kind of lean in and go like that sounds bad is that bad and someone goes yeah it's like <laughs> real bad and so and that's all you need to know is basically so we're sending you to I we're sending you to uh, Europa uh to to fight this the this i can't remember her name this general that's that's causing all those problems um yeah aramis i think is is the is the main baddie um and she apparently is is from the story because like when you get introduced to aramis like your ghost your little ghost robot who i like and provides you with a little bit of doesn't provide you with backstory but he provides you with back emotion right so when someone says like you need to go find it looks like aramis is wielding this thing and being bad and doing things and and you can tell how much how close attention i paid um and the ghost is just kind of like aramis wow that's really serious and you're just like oh okay well she's obviously important you know so you you get that information and in a way i'm glad that it's not like a giant monologue where they Beat you over the head with the last three years of destiny in a paragraph, you know. <laughs> it, they, and they they could let, right. Yeah, they, they could. To. They let you figure it out along the way, and and I and I like that. Um, there's also there's also someone that helps. I want I don't want to spoil it for you because you're really close to it. Um, but there's also another character that I think you used to fight that you then have to then like get information from. And so the idea is that you're this liaison between Trader Joe, you know. Uh, and what's happening on europa and what your next missions are and so there's a lot of really cool back and forth there i don't have a history with the character but i've been i've given enough been given enough information that you kind of go okay so i'm guessing that other guardians that have been a lot around longer than i have probably have a beef with this guy um i don't but it doesn't matter you just kind of like you kind of side-eye the guy like okay i'll just i've friends have told me that you're not trustworthy. So we'll just, we'll, we'll pull, you know, we'll, we'll go on this way. And it's not like you have any choice because there's only the missions they give you. They're only coming from him. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like, if you want to progress, you have to do it. So it's not like it's a MMO in the sense that you have a choice, you know?
1: Well, it's interesting. I think when, when you think a little more about it and, and how they've, how they've set up beyond light with the new onboarding, missions the new onboarding missions are essentially it was really weird for me because i'm playing through those early missions and i'm like this feels super familiar and i couldn't quite place it and it, And it's literally they've rebooted um destiny one's first uh mission zone which was the um the the edz zone or the well the cosmodrome. edz yeah well the cosmodrome was in destiny 2 um, and it was always there, but the EDZ, which is the uh, the Europe Dead Zone, or yeah, European Dead, Dead Zone, or Zone yeah. European Dead Zone. Thank you, uh, real continent. <laughs> I know that, uh, but uh, no, they the European Dead Zone, and that was Destiny One's intro missions, and they kind of brought that back. So they've literally what they've done is they've taken the start of the Guardian and brought it up to Beyond Light. So it's kind of like instead of you. Uh, you you know, all new characters in canon starting in Destiny One. They've now have all new characters starting in canon at Beyond Light, and you kind of catch up, and they move you through some early content of Destiny Two to get you to Beyond Light, and then the other stuff that that is the interstitial stuff actually happened to these characters. It's just it it didn't happen to your character. You're coming in year five because, uh, but there's been a whole you know half a decade of class before that. You just weren't. You weren't going to that school. I switched analogies like three three different ways from Sunday there, but you, <laughs> you kind of. I think my brain understands where I'm going with this, and hopefully the listeners do too. And it, and it's funny. I know there are probably like oh, catch up on Destiny's story in five minutes YouTube videos, and I'm sure they're very, um, they're very good at sort of breaking it down for you. Because again, the story isn't complex, um, you know. And I think that when it's you know light versus dark you literally got the light and you've got the darkness and they've been fighting for eons and the character you mentioned I saw that cutscene and I didn't know who she was but they did mention the cabal the cabal evade invade I think in one of the expansions and it might have it might have been the taken king and there's like which was in destiny destiny 1 and they it's kind of interesting for them to do all those callbacks to a game that came out you know Six years ago, content that came out six years ago, not even part of this specific game. And there was like hints in that content of like, oh, the Cabal Homeworld, there's this distress signal. And what they're explaining in this Beyond Light is like, yeah, our planet was taken over by the darkness. We've, we've ran and, and, uh, you know, now we're, now we're trying to fight it here. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting, you know, setup that they are, with Beyond Light, they really are addressing some early threads that were kind of left dangling for those, those folks that have been around since the beginning, but it's also really engaging for new players as well. Cause it's, you, you are, you are now being able to skip to, you know, the, the end of the star Wars trilogy where it's, it's the, the return to the Jedi fight at the end, right? You you mm. get to miss all that stuff, but you get the cool ending fight between, you know, the light and the darkness, right? So it's kind of interesting and and they've mapped out the next three expansions too. So they've, they've really spelled out like where destiny two is going. And it's kind of a really good time to jump in. I think Um, it's still confusing. Yeah.
0: It's still really confusing. I mean, the the unfortunate thing and sometimes video games are just like you said, gameplay first story. Second, the problem I think when dropping somebody into destiny Two beyond light is the systems that are in place. You get like one mission and a very brief overview of like how to do weapons and inventory and what it means to dismantle something and stuff like that and there's unfortunately a mix of instruction there's instruction that pops up on screen that you have to read and then dismiss with a button and then there's other instruction that comes up on screen and vanishes before you're done reading if you're not fast enough and that i find really frustrating because it's just like you know oh you just picked up with this kind of thing you should you can do three things this this and then it disappears and you're like sure what's the third thing because <laughs> i'm probably going to need to know that later uh and so i my biggest hang-up so far has been like the inventory and what to dismantle should you dismantle like it you do have that kind of like experience if you've done any mmos before we'll use world of warcraft as an example because i know we're both really familiar i do remember the struggle of of leveling up through certain areas of world of warcraft and looking like a hobo because i had like green pants and a blue shirt and a purple cape and uh gauntlets and shoulders that were like wood uh and a shield that was metal like i mean it was just all kinds of nonsense uh eventually they added things in like transmog and so like if you find a piece of gear that you really like and goes well with what you're doing you can continue to make everything look like that and just keep the stats of the new gear um and i think that destiny suffers from that uh because people mm-hmm. that are into these kind of games and want to have that kind of experience, like. I don't necessarily see myself very much in the game, but other people do. And it would be cool if I didn't look like uh, I was a rainbow unicorn with a weapon. And so um, I've picked up a couple of shaders. They don't necessarily work the way that I want them to. Plus they're just like, they're not necessarily renewable unless they're legendary. So it's just like, well, I don't want to be a purple character. I am right now because that's the shader pack that I happen to have that's legendary that doesn't disappear. So like, like stuff like that is a little bit, you know, frustrating trying to figure out how it all works. But um, you can find out, and it's in the same way that a game that I spend a lot of time playing in Minecraft, um, you you have to eventually go to the wiki. Like depending on how deep you go into the game, there's only so much that the game can tell you because there's just so much going on. And eventually you're going to have to watch a YouTube tutorial, uh, a Let's Play, or just talk to friends about it. And I feel like that Destiny is unfortunately maybe relying a little too heavily on the community and the information that's out there like why do we have to do an in-depth tutorial there's lots of in-depth tutorials on youtube it's like well yes (laughs) but i don't want my you know 90 minutes that i have to play at the end of an evening i don't want half of that spent trying to google how the hell to do something because i've done that and that's that's been frustrating um but once, you, once you're once you in there and you can kind of learn those, those ropes and kind of like decide that nothing is precious and that you just, once you realize that you just get so much stuff, it's not really worth keeping anything around um, longer than you have to, then you can kind of roll forward with it. Um, I've been wishing for um, like a firing range. Do you ever have that need?
1: Yeah, I can sort of see that um, where you want to just test out because all the guns that you get access to, especially early on, you're constantly switching and you're getting different different types of scout rifles, different types of assault rifles, fusion rifles, all that fun stuff. So I can see a need to go in like, okay, these all have like a very similar feel and, and power level. Let's go in and test them out. I don't know if there is like a firing range because again, like when you're in because the world is fairly populated and when you're in a quiet zone like you're not able to shoot your gun you're in the i wonder if there is a firing firing sort of section not that I i've think. been able to find
0: there's a couple of things that are are new it's, it's called the hive or something but i don't know where it is because the instructions to find it on this place were one of those things that came up and then disappeared before i could acknowledge okay fine that's where that is um hmm. so i don't know where that is yet um, there's also another planet that I haven't explored because it's part of the new season content and I wanted to get through the, the Beyond Light story first. Uh, and I've got like one more boss battle. Well, I'm assuming one more boss battle. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it, it, it's a hard, it's, it's fun. It's a hard sell, you know, because you're just talking about it. But where Destiny excels is the gameplay is very good. Like it's easy to pick up I wasn't sure I was going to like a shooter with powers. You know, like I wasn't sure I wanted to have a shooter that I had to do melee stuff and I had to do like, not spellcasting, but like, you know, the different things that you have to, that you can do with your abilities and tech trees and all that kind of stuff. And I do really enjoy it. I really like playing the game and I, I, I can see where people that like it this much or more will forgive the shortcomings right because you just kind of beat your head against a wall until you get it because you do enjoy the process of shooting bad guys in the head you know like it's just it's such a simple mechanic um but i think too that the the weapons um are a big deal too like just the fact that at first you get like a rifle and it's a rifle. It's a standard thing. But then once you get your first energy weapon, then you're like, okay, now I see the appeal. You know, like with something in your hand, like hums and shoots like blue lightning engulfed bullets. I'm just like, I'm on board. <laughs> this feels really good. Combined with, you know, HDR, uh, decent, you know, sound and vibrating controller. Like, I mean, all that kind of immersion stuff starts to, to happen. And there's definitely moments where I will get a new auto rifle or something like that and fire it in a firefight for the first time and maybe not giggle out loud but i'm definitely grinning going like i like this this is this is this is in rotation now (laughs) you know because i like the way that it feels a lot of time for me it's like i don't need the most powerful gun i'm more about the accurate gun because i'm not the best first person shooter with a um, xbox controller so i need something that's not going to have a lot of like recoil and kickback because otherwise i just don't hit anything um, in terms of machine guns, I'm more of a sniper scout rifle guy. Um, what are, like, where do you land with your weapons most of the time?
1: Uh, I like, I like the scout rifle. I like to be able to have that, you know, 2X zoom, look down the barrel, but not have to worry about, uh, being super accurate. Um, and then, um, I'm not, I'm not a big sniper rifle fan cause I'm just not, like I said, not accurate, but the fusion rifle is nice. Um, cause you can kind of like charge it up. But I've always been partial to a good shotgun. So like a scout rifle huh. for far back, shotgun for up close. Uh, I can sometimes mix in the pistol sometimes um, with with a if there's no scout rifle available. But in terms of the heavy weapon, I like the idea of the sword. But I always die whenever I get too too you know in you know inundated with enemies. But the rocket launcher is also nice. But also. You can easily kill yourself <laughs> so, yes I don't know yeah. I guess I live, like to live on the edge <laughs> I like I like the
0: heavy weapons. I thought the power weapons I think that's what they're called power weapons they they do a good job of like they're way larger than the other two weapons that you use. so when you when you equip it, it feels like oh something's going down. And, uh, I definitely just use them on like bosses or mini bosses. And it's just really satisfying for something to come out. And I just look at it. Like, I don't have the time to needle down this 2000 hit point, you know, guy, that's just going to drive me nuts for the next five minutes. And so I wait for an opening and then I, I hit them with something like a rocket launcher, or grenade launcher, or something like that, and take them down by half and just speed up the process. Um, I find that very, very satisfying. I do like the sniper rifles from time to time. Uh, it depends on my mood. I, I do think that like what you said the scout rifle is a nice balance like i want that one shot one trigger just kind of like thing uh um paul uh not pulse rifles is it pulse rifles yeah pulse rifles they're the ones that shoot like a five or six round burst with a trigger press and they're okay i find they can be a little bit inaccurate sometimes depending on which one you have um but i really enjoyed like the auto rifle i've got an uh not not an elite what's the yellow Uh, There's Uh, exotic exotic. So I've got the first exotic from the mission that they they send you on. And that's really satisfying because one of its powers is that when you get shot with a certain amount of uh, damage, certain kind of shock damage, it then overloads and sends that damage back in like a chain lightning sort of thing. Think like Thor's attack sort of idea to the bad guys which means you don't have to be that accurate you just have to maybe hit one of them and you're going to hit all three of them and so uh that has been very satisfying after not dying a lot but i've certainly been in situations where it's been really hairy and you know like you feel like you're being overwhelmed and that gun now is my anti um like close quarters combat like if i'm feeling overwhelmed like where you would use a sword or a shotgun. I'm using the exotic because it's just like a spray and pray, but it hits everything. <laughs> uh, and I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, yeah I, think... I, like I said, I, I also like the, I don't necessarily like jumping puzzles, but I do like the, the double jump jetpack thing that I'm, that I'm rocking. That's, that's a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Once you get a good feel for the controls and, and the customization of the different jump options and, and your powers and stuff, I think you, you get into a, a good, a good feel for your character and that's the thing with any MMO um anybody who's played Destiny 2 long enough knows exactly how they want to play their character and has a specific idea of what fun is in the game and it it can be very different player to player so i think early on it can be easy to get kind of lost and kind of be stumbling across these discoveries but the more you play the more you experience of the game you'll you'll find like oh okay there's a lot here and i've kind of soaked it all in and i I've, i know now what i wish i knew starting out and that's the, that's the beauty of this game is like i think a, a lot of the people who play it are super approachable um and, and folks who are i'm sure there are probably people listening to this podcast who are you know diehard destiny fans and um they're not cursing at their podcast player because they're all nice and now they have to be nice because I, I said they're nice um, but my experience with destiny two players is that they're all very friendly and they're all willing to help, um, new players and guide them. And I mean, we, we had a couple, we were, did a couple strikes and we all obviously had like a third player jump in and you know, the rudest thing people will do in that game is kind of just run ahead, but really they're just, I don't blame them. They've done the content a bunch of times. They're just trying to get through it. Mm. But, uh, I mean, that's nice when you're playing an online game and that's the only thing you can kind of complain about because, we did we did fine once we got to the encounters and when someone did leave someone else popped in really quickly and we were able to finish it all there's nothing more dissatisfying about an online game when someone leaves and it's like well we're doomed now right so it's um i find it to be a very positive in-game experience and i I think it is because they kind of limit the social interactions like there's no like voice chat it's not enabled by default you can kind of change all that and and it's just maybe i haven't played enough to experience the bad side of it but i i think it's been it's been my experience with it has been pretty positive
0: yeah well that too. that mission that that we did together there monday night uh that um, boss fight um i did that on my own with two other strangers um just because it was the time of night that i was playing and that was the next mission and i just i didn't even realize i don't think at the time. Uh, that it was a multiplayer or, or a three-person strike until I actually loaded it up. I was like, oh, crap. Okay, well, I hope, guess I'm playing with other people. And my thought was like, hope they don't mind that I'm new. I mean, I'm not new to video games, so it's not like I'm completely useless, but I certainly, pardon me at the time, I was running a Titan Striker and it was fine, um, but I am much more in tune with the game and my weapons and like what, i need to do and how to use the powers to my advantage and better at keeping an eye on the cooldowns and like all that kind of stuff um i've also switched just for fun because i did end up in the onboarding missions uh, unlocking the other subclasses and i'm currently really enjoying sunbreaker i haven't tried the sentinel um because most of them i found that i wanted more offense so i'm using the sunbreaker you're you rolled a warlock to play beyond light on on xbox i think how's that going
1: yeah war first time playing a warlock uh i i kind of stayed hunter throughout my entire destiny playing uh with all the way back to the first one on ps4 and being a warlock is interesting it's it's certainly a different feel it's more as you would expect more magic focused um and it's been it's been really nice it's been it's been a good experience i I really i really do wish i i eventually will get around to trying like a titan it's kind of been interesting to find that they've really had these three class archetypes since the very beginning they've added like subclasses and i think they've added one subclass for each of them since the launch of destiny 2 and and there really hasn't been a lot of changes there and i think they've just been more focused on sort of the gameplay that you can you can run your characters through but yeah the warlock's interesting i'm still kind of getting used to it but the warlock has this supportive feel to it and that you do have these healing um, circles you can put down but you can also switch that up and put an empowering circle down to increase damage which my experience with raiding and and group content in destiny is that there's this very specific role that you play whereas we gotta we gotta get the damage done. Lay down an empower, empowering circle so that we can all do as much damage as possible during this phase, so that we mm. don't fail out. And it's really interesting. Uh, you know, I've experienced that from from afar, but now doing it in in game now, it's it's been really cool to experience a different class because I've just played Hunter for so long, which is the DPS class. Yeah, kind of. It is the easier class where i mean in in terms of roles for mmos like i've always done dps because it's 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 not that it's easier it's less pressure you know the t- the tank has to hold aggro the healer has to heal um and buff and stuff and like that there's this pressure there even when you're playing with the nicest people if you screw up it's <laughs> you know it sucks um but the dps is like oh well just do as much damage as possible and they'll do the rest right so yeah. I've always enjoyed that pressure-free role. Um, and I might be simplifying it. But I know the healers out there know what I'm talking about. There's a yeah. lot of pressure being yeah. a healer.
0: I was I tanked in World of Warcraft. Now, I didn't do anything really hard. So I'm not saying that I was a good tank. Because it was just five-man dungeons where it was, you know, pretty easy concept stuff. But um, I did enjoy the, the odd time when we had a better tank with. And I would switch over to like a Retribution Paladin and just kind of do... DPS or AoE or whatever. Um not the most efficient at it obviously because it's not meant to be a DPS character but um Johnny my co-host on the Spunchunks called it. He said like don't tell me I'm going to guess you're a Titan and I was like, yeah, how'd you know? He goes, like, I just, from what you've talked about, the way that you talk about Dungeons and Dragons, the way that you talk about World of Warcraft, it's like, yeah, of the three classes in Destiny, Joel's going to be a Titan. And I took it because it was described as like the longer lasting, more robust character. And I'm just thinking like, I'm new. I'm probably not going to be that good at it um, with the hunter and warlock focusing more on abilities and movement i just thought "Mm, i again like i'm so new to this game and new to get back into console gaming after several years away from it i thought you know i'm just going to go with the i'm just going to last longer i'm not going to have to worry so much about avoiding being shot i'm just going to hopefully not die as quickly um and and so far i i quite like it i do miss um the striker ability to have two grenades um but now i've also got enough gear with i think it's resilience i can't remember the the name of the, the, the statistic uh, that you get that allows you to then um, throw more, like recharge your abilities faster. Grenades, I think, is one of them. Discipline, yeah, maybe? I'm not sure. Maybe, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, th- and that leads me into, you know, some of the stats and stuff that I find overwhelming. I, I really do wish that there was a better way to compare weapons. And um, similar to um, gear, like your, your armor, it'll say this has got like an armor rating of this number uh discipline this number uh you know it adds this six twelve whatever it is but on the weapons they just give you a bar they they don't give you a number and so you're just like well this bar kind of looks like it lines up with the y in the name of the gun (laughs) but this other one that's also an assault rifle uh you know or whatever it, it just like it just it, it looks like it might do the same amount of damage. I can't really tell because they're close, but one is obviously better than the other. Like, I really wish they would just give you a digital readout. Like, it's a sci-fi game. Like, just give me a number. <laughs> why, mm. why is it a bar from left to right? Um, anyway, so that I found kind of hamstrung, the, the progress, you know, and trying to figure out what loadout I liked best. Um, I do find now that I've got some weapons that I prefer and, um because I'm not as fast on the draw, I find I like weapons that are, so that kind of makes up for that difference. Uh, I've not done any PvP yet. I'm curious about the is it gambits, the ones where it's PVPVE?
1: Yeah, I had recommended it gambit. It's um I'm not a big PvP person, especially in a first person shooter where there's always someone better than you on the other team. Um, and I think that's where the where the claws come out in terms of the uh the community of destiny. Uh, Rightfully so, you know people are competitive. It is a competitive mode, but Gambit has a mix where you are playing um, PVE content with your, you know, fire fire strike team or whatever, and then depending on how you're doing on your side, you have the ability to move a player to the enemy side and cause havoc. So that is a frustration some people have with Gambit is that you'll be focusing on the PVE stuff and then suddenly you'll just get killed but you are given warning when someone pops over and usually this is the best part about co-op usually when they say you know oh you have an opportunity for one of your players to go go over to the other side it's usually the person who knows what they're doing that you know right books it for the portal and moves over which is nice because it again it removes that pressure um from from competitive play that that i would have you know sitting there like I just want to shoot things and take down the PVE stuff and, and possibly defend my, you know, my allies from from invaders. I don't necessarily want to go over to the other side unless unless there's there's a reason for it, whether I have a specific bounty or, or a quest to do it. I'll put myself in those shoes. But in a normal playthrough, I'm like, I'm happy to let the players who want to go over there to go over there, which is nice. Again, it removes that pressure. And I think that's that's my favorite mode in terms of the PvP stuff crucible is okay like it's fine but it's just it's not really my cup of tea but I, but it is well it's well put together from what I've played it is it can be fun if you get a good you know a good team going for sure mm.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned um, the bounties because um that I'm familiar with like daily quests and world of Warcraft and uh, what I did like about them is that the way that they not that they've spread them out physically on the map because they've done that and they don't need to do that. I wish they didn't. But um, the fact that you can play the game however you want to play. So if you want to log in with some friends and run some strikes, then you can get the bounties for the strikes and ex- get XP and get you know bonuses that way. Or if you're just like, I don't have anybody to play with. I don't want to go into a strike with strangers. I just want to run around and do a bunch of these like lost zone content bits or um, run collection missions or try to get a couple of maybe very like low time investment heroic world events, you know, participate in those uh, in the bigger zones, then you can get quests for that too, which I thought was nice. Um, And so I can also see the grind though. Like I can understand, like when I'm at the end of the Beyond Light content, when I've explored the other stuff and done some of the more world events, like I can understand where people are just like, oh gosh, like what am I going to do in Destiny now? Like if I want to continue to, i don't know whether it's because they're also participating in pvp but like i don't know what the drive is other than just it's a fun game you know to continue on when you're at end level for the um for the season and all that kind of stuff and i haven't really looked that far ahead like i'm sure i'll be continuing to play it it's not going to get the same amount of attention that it has had the last week or two uh because um i'm just new it's fresh it's fun it's a new thing um but yeah like i just i'm i'm curious to see how End game experience is for me from what i can tell most of my friends that play destiny and other podcasters i've listened to they do tend to say like you know i play more when my friends are playing but when my friends are not playing i'm not really into it and i think that it's just because without a decent story that's ongoing or i shouldn't say decent it is a decent story but without a epic story that has you gripped you know and pulls you through to the next thing you're just you're basically just gonna play it when the way that you find fun, which is more than likely gonna be with your friends. Mm-hmm. Example, I had a blast with you, you know, Monday night doing doing some content there because and it was fun because like I had done it before, so I wasn't spoiling anything, but I was able to run around and back you up and we get to chat and hang out and catch up a little bit. And talkable to game and and stuff mm-hmm. like that, so that kind of stuff I think is is fun. And I promise we'll we'll move on. I don't want to spend the whole show <laughs> talking about Destiny, but it just that has been what I've been playing the most. Uh, I think it's yeah. because it because it upscales to four K HDR, because it shows off um, the Xbox Series X you know um, capabilities pretty well. Because um, I don't have any like launch titles, I don't have Valhalla, and really that's a crossover title, isn't it?
1: Yes, that one is uh, cross-generation, so you can play it on Xbox One or Series X.
0: So I don't have anything yet that really, really takes advantage. I have been specifically looking for games that um, are optimized for Series X and S, which means that they have 4K, HDR, 60 frames a second, um, fast to load. There's all these different things. And I have to say, uh, to get into more of a general conversation about what you know this experience has been for me the last couple of weeks it's been a long time since i've had an xbox i bought i bought a used xbox 360 off an old coworker a number of years ago and even then it's been a long time since i touched that and so to sit down uh, i've been able to use the hdmi um, connections to have my xbox talk to the tv so I don't even have to turn the TV on. I just have to turn the Xbox on and it like it turns on the TV and it goes to the Xbox connection. So you go right to your home screen on Xbox. And if I haven't exited out of the game, the Xbox will keep it kind of not running in the background, but kind of like preloaded. And so if I've been playing Forza Forza Horizon 4 uh, and I want to pop in quick at lunchtime, like if I grab the controller, turn it on, and click on Forza. It's loaded into Forza and I'm sitting behind the wheel of my car before my butt hits the couch. Like it's it's That's a problem. Yeah, it's amazing, but it's a problem. <laughs> like how quickly you can get in and spend like an hour gaming when you should do other things. It's a little well, I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 a good problem to have, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's very seamless and same with switching from game to game uh like depending on how much memory the the xbox needs i guess to run these things or keep them loaded in the background um i could just switch like i remember uh i was playing destiny and i wanted to switch to forza because i just like well i'm done with loud explodey stuff uh i'm gonna wait for the next mission i probably finished the boss fight it's like okay well i don't have time to start something right now but i still got 20 more minutes before i gotta go so I'll switch over and I'll play some from Forza, thinking that I'd have to quit one game and then start the other and I'd have time to go grab a drink. Nope. Like I quit. I went back to home screen, switched to the Forza and it just popped straight up. I was like, okay, well, I guess it never quit. <laughs> like it just, it's, it's a little bit mind-boggling how fast that kind of stuff is. The quality of life changes I feel are, are pretty, pretty high. Um, I am experiencing some connection drops with Destiny specifically, I've not noticed it in any other game. And I've, on purpose, since I mentioned it with you the other night, um, well, it happened to us. I dropped out of the firefight a couple yeah, times. Yeah, it was really odd. Yeah. And so I've not noticed it with any other game other than Destiny. It has happened again since, but only in Destiny. And it's only after I've been playing for about an hour. And so I'm wondering if it's a bug. And I don't know for sure. I can't seem to track it down just yet, but. Um, I played horizon the other day for 90 minutes and never lost a connection. Um, so like, there's just, there's some inconsistencies like that with some of the games, but then like it's, that's not the Xbox's fault. I don't think, you know, it's more, it's more that these developers and, and stuff have not maybe optimized or caught, not caught something. Or, um, I did notice a little bit strange, like when I tested my connection it's on Wi-Fi, and I know that's not the best, best, but I have 100 megabits symmetrical for internet. So, like, really, I should be fine. Um, mm-hmm. Downloads are 100 megabits, but uploads are 20, which is weird. And that's just the Xbox. Everything else that I've got, you know, in the house. Now, granted, everything else that I've got is wired. Um, that, up, that uploads at, at 20. I forgot to do a test because my my, my Mac, which is plugged in, does also wi-fi and i could have just switched it over and see like tested the upload but i can't imagine the upload being
1: you know that much slower um yeah. but again i wonder I, yeah i was just gonna say like i wonder if from an upload perspective i know with consoles, speed tests are are very skewed to um what the what the manufacturer set up with the console so for example like Download is more important with a console than upload because upload you're you're not really doing a lot of upload. You want your download to be high with the console so that you can download games and stuff. But your upload, like you just need a certain amount of of throughput to be able to to keep that connection going. Now, I mean, if it's just dropping with Destiny, I would I would say it's a Destiny issue. Um, you could try hardwiring it just to see if there is a change there. But but my experience with uh, with sort of competitive games that have have to have a constant connection maybe that's where destiny is like oh maybe there's some wi-fi interference and oh we lost connection we're booting you to the home screen because at the end of the day with destiny it it is an online only game an always online game so if it feels it lost that connection, mm-hmm. even for a for a you know a, a moment, it could say like ah well you're no longer connected so we're booting you to the home screen, and and they do that for various reasons you know to keep people in sync and you know prevent you know um, uh, you know uh, tampering or whatever. But uh, but at the end of the day that could be it. Uh, and with Forza Horizon, it could just be like it's a it's a background thing. You know, from yeah. an online perspective, I've not so, done like, any
0: head to head stuff, you know, like I'm not racing yeah.
1: against live online
0: other players in Forza, um, which and speaking of uh, now that we're talking about it, I am enjoying Forza a lot more than I thought. Like I, mm. I liked Mario Kart growing up. Um, I'm talking about the OG Super Nintendo Mario Kart. I've not played any of the other ones except for my uh, niece's copy on the Switch over Christmas time. Uh, which was very fun, but like, I wouldn't call myself like, I'm certainly not a car guy, definitely not a race guy, race game guy, uh, as far as like my go-to, but I thought, whatever, it looks great. I'm going to try to try to grab a game from a bunch of different genres to kind of like, you know, stretch my legs and see what I like on the Xbox. And I'm sure having a large TV now is part of it. Um, obviously Forza is optimized for series X and looks fantastic in, in 4k. Um, it is a very pretty game and I think that's what sucked me in. And once I started to learn a little bit more and realize that, you know, like the game does a really interactive job of bringing you around and introducing you to the different circuits and rallies and, um, different things that you can do in the game. It did take me a minute to try to figure out whether hitting things was good or bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was worried that I was be damaging the car. I was like, "Well, what this is like? This can't be completely devoid of any kind of like penalty." But it is, unless you're running a simulation, which I imagine most people don't do. Um, you can run, you can run down a brick wall with your Ferrari. It does not matter. It just it'll look like it's banged up until the next time you load it in again. So the, I guess the the pay the payoff or the trade-off there is that you've got like a cracked windshield and you don't look if you want to take a screenshot you're going to look beat up until you like switch cars um but i've really been having a lot of fun i i don't like the off-road stuff quite as much um i tend to prefer more like the sprints like the straightaway ones or the ones that have a little bit of a whine to them but they high speed um i now have a lot more cars than when i started off when i started off i got the first three uh i think can't remember which ones i chose i chose the audi i chose i don't remember all the car brand names again because i'm not a car guy um but there's a couple that i had uh i think it's a ford focus and then i also grabbed um or a one i think i can't remember how i landed it but i ended up getting a lamborghini and that really then opened up the game because you now had something that had excellent braking that matched its speed and the turning and the handling of the car meant that you could do a lot of things at high speed without drifting into the corner and you didn't really feel like you were all over the map you weren't oversteering as much the lamborghinis are also four-wheel drive and something that i find very impressive about forza is you can really feel the difference between the cars like i I got a really hot sports car from some promotional email that they sent me and it looks cool. I don't remember what the hell it is, but it's really hard to steer on windy roads because it's front wheel drive and it's a fast car. And so you really have to know what you're doing in order to handle it on, on windy roads. Um, Which I like doing because Forza is just so scenic. Like there's been days where I log in and I just like, I don't race. I just drive around for 20 minutes. (laughs) Like, Just
1: going for a Sunday drive.
0: A lot of times, behind you, as a matter of fact. So, so I don't yeah. know how this works, but I'm assuming that it looks at my friends list and says like, oh, a bunch of people that are on your friends list own this game, and this is the last time that they were driving around. And it kind of like throws you into my world. And you're drive, and you obviously like a ghost car. I know you're not online. Um, but it's really funny because there was one particular race where the other people in the race, one of them was you, uh, going through the, the sprint. And At the time, I had not unlocked the fancier cars. I was driving the Audi, which is a nice car, and I was flooring it. But you were in a McLaren. (laughs) So I'm just looking at the McLaren on the straightaway getting farther and farther away. (laughs) And I've got it to the floor. I was like, well, I guess I'm coming in second this time. I remember sending you the screenshot. And it's just, it's one of those things where that combination of like having some friends buzz around, even though it's not live, you kind of want to beat them um, the fact that I can take a screenshot so easily with the series X, with the controller button and send it to you. And that I didn't need a massive tutorial how to do that. Like there's a lot to be said about how sleek the, the setup is for series X and, and the new operating system and like all that kind of stuff. It's, it's been really fun for me to be able to interact in that way. Um, when's the last time you played Forza?
1: uh oh it's been a while i played at launch so a couple years ago and the forza franchises always had this thing they call like a drivatar and they just kept saying it until it's kind of become a normal term it was weird but now it's now it's totally baked into the experience and and what it is like everything you do in your racing is building this this drive avatar that is then sent out to your friends list uh, who are playing the game. So when I'm pl- when I was playing, it, I remember seeing friends who may not be actively playing it, but there was enough data from when they did to build this thing that was then uploaded to the cloud. So what you're playing is sort of a an amalgamation of all my driving kind of put into one sort of avatar. Nice. And it usually makes them more aggressive. I find uh, when you're when you're when you're racing like all the driver tars are are kind of you know trying to take out your back bumper which is uh always fun uh but no i it's been a while but i remember that game being gorgeous at launch on the xbox one and i can only imagine well i, I yeah i can only imagine what a lot of these games look like and i think that you know i'm still uh, in the previous generation i've always been a console person i enjoy the simplicity of Downloading a game or putting the disc in, it installing. You run it. You're good to go. And all the quality of life stuff coming with the Series X and the PlayStation Five of, you know, uh, smart delivery where you're always getting the content that is made for your system, and uh, the ability to sort of have multiple games running in sort of a a background state, so you can always you can switch on the fly which to me is really great because usually, especially with Game Pass, like I've got my big AAA game on the run. And then I've also got like a couple indies that I'm bouncing between. So to have all of those sort of running in like a cold state that I can bring them up at any time, that sounds fantastic. And, and the screenshot sharing, I know like to a PC player, like there are ways for you to do that with different systems but I've always appreciated the simplicity of just being able to sit with a controller on a big screen and just have it all at my fingertips. And yeah, you don't have the control that you have with a PC experience. It's kind of why I like the Mac as well because you know there's a little more uh, you know customization there. But with the Mac, like it's all built in, it all works, and it's very easy. It's all at your fingertips, uh, and I and I've always enjoyed that sort of catered experience, and I've. I've kind of been bouncing more between the PC and the consoles lately because, again, more of those experiences are targeting the next generation, which I don't have. So I've kind of been bouncing back to the PC a little bit more. But I do miss that console experience. And I'm probably looking at the PS5 being the first one I pick up just due to the exclusive content. But I'm also – we talked about it when we were playing Destiny. I'm also sitting here and like, yeah – but I've got Big Game Pass like prepaid for like two years. Mm-hmm. It really would be nice to play it on something that can really make it make it go. Uh... And there
0: are some titles on Game Pass. Like I'm currently playing Titanfall Two, mm-hmm. uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, Unruly Heroes. Uh, obviously, I mentioned uh, Destiny Two, um, Batman Arkham Knight. Which i've fallen off a little bit but that was the main that was the main game i was i was plugging time into until i tried destiny 2. um i think i've also got battlefield 5 installed um i am just going through the story missions i was just in the mood for a world war ii you know shooter and mm-hmm. i i feel like like these are not all just like half-ass games like there's a number of these that are are very solid games you know you've got things like the dragon age series that is on there um, what I miss, what I would love to have, um, and, and I haven't found anything similar yet is, um, I like Assassin's Creed. I really like Black Flag. And so I'm waiting and I will eventually I'll play Valhalla, but, um, it's one of those things where like, I wish there were some, was some Assassin's Creed content, uh, in Game Pass. Um, not that I can't take an old Xbox game and upscale it, but I don't know how good that would look. Um yeah, like it's it's one of those things where there's just the for me the Xbox um is just the value add. It's the, mm-hmm. the X especially because it's Game Pass Ultimate, which means that when some of these games, if they don't already, have cross save, then I could easily pick it up on the PC and continue where I left off or um have access to a bunch of different games on PC rather than waiting for Steam sales or what have you like for example if i wanted to play battlefront 2 the, the celebration edition is on uh game pass i could sit and play that on xbox or i could play it on the computer you know and stream it and have some fun with the community so like i i love that flexibility and it's perfect for me because i've been out of the gaming loop for that last generation like xbox one one x didn't even never even looked at one you know let alone owned one so there's a lot of stuff that i just missed that i get to catch up on um specifically things like ori uh, i haven't played a lot of ori but uh it's beautiful as a as an animator and an artist and, and someone that appreciates that kind of work um not that i don't appreciate that work in all games but like for whatever reason because ori is hand-drawn um and and 2d it like it is it's really really pretty Excellent game mechanics, like really fun adventure, whimsical world, like a high contrast of like the dark dark backgrounds and and the very glowy, you know, main character of Ori that you control. Like, there's a, it's just very satisfying, more satisfying than I thought a platformer was going to be. Because one of the things that I thought when I was downloading and choosing games on Game Pass for the Xbox was like I wanted to go through and I wanted to get like a couple of first person shooters. I wanted to get like an adventure game. That's the Batman one. Like I wanted to get a platformer, racing game, etc. And looking at Ori, I was like, well, I'll grab one. It looks really pretty. The artwork sold me. But I was like, I don't know if I'm going to want to play a platformer on an Xbox Series X. Like it just felt like kind of like a waste of the hardware. And boy, was I wrong. Like I just, it's just, it's, you need that variety and it's nice to have that break of just like, I don't really want to necessarily have an intense experience like Destiny where I have to blow stuff up before it kills me. Whereas with Ori, there just has that, that calm exploration kind of whimsical feel to it. And um, there's enough going on that you don't feel like you're just playing some old game, you know, on a series X, It still feels current. Like it feels like if a platformer was going to come out for Xbox series X, like they would probably not change a heck of a lot because why fix it? If it's not broken, you know?
1: Yeah, no, the Ori uh, games are really, really good. And I think, the sequel Ori and the will of the wisps got a very substantial series X upgrade where you can play, I think in six K. <laughs> so really, uh, you can, yeah. So you could play like an up version, uh, in six k a hundred. And then there's 120 frames per second mode as well. So that game got a huge bump. And I, I, I still think it's important to play blind forest first because it kind of introduces you to the, The characters and the concept but the sequel to that game takes a lot of the issues i had with it and and completely addresses them makes it makes the combat more interesting um the navigation more interesting and and they just it is a complete um upgrade to that first one so essentially saying like it'd be it'd be very tough to go back to the first one after even dipping your toe into the second one so you're doing it right there because both games are great but again, the improvements they've, they've put upon. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned you're playing Titanfall 2, a game that probably hasn't even seen a Series X upgrade, but I'm sure runs phenomenally on, on the Series X. Uh, but if you are enjoying Respawn's work, I would say, um, look at, uh, look at the Star I know we talked about it, not that you need another game, but we've talked about this, like Star Wars, uh, Fallen Order, there's a Jedi fallen order. It's, it's respawn star Wars game. Amazing. And just saw a series X upgrade, uh, very re- actually, I think last week they got oh, a really? patch. Cool. Yeah. That game. It, I know you're a star Wars fan. It's like really good star Wars set between episodes three and four. Uh, and it's a very good star Wars story that leans more towards, um, the, you know, the, the original trilogy, Type of content even though it is closer to episode three but they really lean into that that original trilogy stuff and it's really good i i loved that game when it came out and i played it on xbox one x which had a performance mode so i can only imagine what it looks like 4k 60 frames per second so that's going to give you a really good experience and it's a great star wars game and i think if you're looking at assassin's creed you, you got to be careful there because since you played Assassin's Creed, they've really changed um, the gameplay, uh, not necessarily the gameplay, but the the structure of the game. So after Black Flag moving into Origins or whatever game came before Origins, they kind of changed the combat system. And it's not quite the same, but I found that, you know, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order had a little bit of that old Assassin's Creed Okay. in, in terms of, you know, there was a lot of parrying and um, dodging. Uh, you know your your movements sort of meant more as opposed to the newer Assassin's Creed where it's kind of like get your licks in when you can and then dodge the way, but you can also parry as well. It, it's it's more of a more of an active combat as opposed to a sort of a um, an engaged combat where you're trying to to parry and dodge and stuff. So I think you'd really dig Fallen Order and um, probably probably would would put a lot of these on the back burner because it is a really good game has a really great story looks great. And it is star Wars to, you know, all up and down. It's great stuff. Nice.
0: Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I've heard mixed things. I've heard maybe the maps and some of the levels are a little bit long and confusing in Jedi fallen order, but, um, I, I've also heard, it's a, heard,
1: pretty,
0: it's a linear heard experience. you know, like I've heard like positive, mostly positive, you know, frustrating parts here and there, but mostly positive. Um, I should also add that um, I do plan to play Origins because uh, I think I own both, but Origins and Odyssey either came to me free or really cheap on Steam and or Epic over the last year. I don't remember when, I just kind of grabbed them when I saw them. Um, I just didn't up until this last couple of weeks have a controller to play them with on the oh. PC. Uh, and again, like now it's like, well, am I going to sit at my PC with my 27 inch monitor and play those? Or am <laughs> I going to, or am I going to sit in the front of the, the, the television? Right. Um, the difference there is that, you know, like if I wanted to stream them for something different, then I could try to do that for a break. That could kind of fun. Um, but it's vice versa. Like I could also download Minecraft on the Xbox, which is the bedrock version, um, console edition, but you know, same difference. Um, for the sake of a simple argument um, but I play Java on the computer and I that's streaming that's part of my kind of income really um, call it a side hustle whatever you want to call it and for me it's it's. I don't want to play Minecraft on the console like I just I, I can't imagine with the number of hours that I've spent keyboard mouse you know playing Minecraft I don't think that I would want to be I would be I would feel so slow I think walking around with a controller I don't think I would be happy with it at all um i will check it out more if rtx ever comes to the xbox right now it's just on windows 10 but if minecraft rtx comes to the xbox then i would definitely have to check it out um i am however playing minecraft dungeons a little bit just to kind of like test it out to see what it was like to play on the console and i've played quite a bit of that on the pc when it first came out and uh, still haven't gotten up to the apocalypse difficulty level but like i've re- i've really enjoyed the time in it and um that is going to eventually this year get cross saves so then i could stream it enjoy it play it share it with the viewers and if i wanted to keep going on the couch i could and then just pick up again the next time i wanted to stream you know it would just be a little bit higher level and so that Is the only reason that i've not poured a lot of time into dungeons on the xbox series x because i would but i don't want to just re like i don't want to replay it i don't want to do it over again i kind of want to pick up where i left off the one exception being that i would love to take friends through it because it's such a fun game and anybody that hasn't played it before like if you've played diablo and you've played any of the lego games like smash those together and that's essentially what you get with minecraft dungeons and um it it would be that would be the only reason that i would start over with a fresh character would be to like bring someone else into the game um but i also like because i know cross saves are coming i don't know when but they've said that they're coming it's on their development list so i'm just not putting any time in because eventually i will be able to bring over my two characters from the pc over to the
1: to the xbox i would have assumed it was cross Save just because of uh, uh it's a microsoft game but that's interesting that they don't have that implemented yet
0: it's on their it's on their list they're cranking out so much content with dungeons like flames of the nether was just announced that comes out at the end of the month i think um and they're adding six new levels uh and a whole new dimension to to the game um every expansion that they've come out with so far has had like three new levels that's been dlc plus Every time they do that, they also upgrade part of the base game for free for everybody. And they've got a Halloween event and they had a Christmas event. And I don't know when the next one is going to be, but it like probably coinciding with the launch of actually the flames of the other, maybe, but like it just, they, there's a lot to do in the game. And, um, I'm with you. I'm surprised that the cross saves haven't happened, but cross play happened first. Uh, so you can play with friends now, no matter whether you're on a PC, Switch, Xbox, doesn't matter. If the game is available, then you can play with other people, no matter what platform that they're on, which I thought was pretty cool.
1: You're you're kind of swimming in content when it comes to this this new console, and I can oh yeah, I can completely understand. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, especially missing a not m- missing a generation, but having. A good chunk of content that uh that you haven't played from the last seven years and i mean even looking at assassin's creed having the option between origins and odyssey i would suggest if you if you have an itch to play one of them and and not ready to to buy valhalla valhalla is still your best option because it is the most refined of those games i mean you remember playing assassin's creed back in the day the way they would they would iterate on them uh you you would always want to play the newest one because that would have the most you know polish uh but i would say odyssey is probably your best bet especially you know from a character standpoint Uh, i just found the characters more interesting in odyssey and obviously you're going to want to choose cassandra because uh alexios is not very interesting uh (laughs) but uh cassandra's great and i know everyone will back me up on this uh, and it's, it's ancient Greece and all the characters are really great. It's varied, uh, environments. You, you bring the boat back. So there's more of an open world feel as opposed to origins just co- sort of had like smaller boats that, that you could just use to putter around. But, uh, yeah, it, the ship combats back in Odyssey. So if you're looking for a good balance, I would suggest Odyssey. But, um, if you can, if you can wait for Valhalla, that's, that's probably your best bet to jump in because I've been... I've kind of dabbled with all three. I'm currently experiencing Valhalla through the Ubisoft plus, you know, subscription just to kind of check it out uh, on PC. And uh, yeah, it's definitely the most refined of all of them and, and feels the most Assassin's Creed after they had sort of the diversion from, from the original game. I mean, the hidden blade isn't even in origins or Assassin's Creed. And to me, that is Assassin's Creed, (laughs) you know, right. When you remove the weapon, it's like, uh, it's, it's still Assassin's Creed, but it's not. And then Valhalla brings it back. It's like, oh right, I miss this so much. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely check it out when you can for sure. But I, it sounds like you've got a lot that you can keep keep yourself distracted with, so you're not like, oh yeah, Valhalla. I should really play that. Yeah, but it would be a full price.
0: I think, and that's one of the reasons why I think I haven't downloaded that Star Wars games because I am enjoying Batman: Arkham Knight and i will eventually finish it when the hot shiny of destiny and you know forza sometimes uh, will wear off i think the thing with forza it's just an easy pick up, put down game like i can play it for 10 minutes i can play it for an hour it really it doesn't matter um and that's not to say that you can't do good content like you can still do a race in less than 10 minutes like if that's all you wanted to do then you can totally actually do like a qualified race in that time which is cool um the only thing and i won't get into this because we're running out of time but Um, I'm really enjoying Unruly Heroes. I only just started it. And so I'm just going to leave a note here to recommend it on like first impressions. I'll come back to it in more detail because like I don't really remember the name of the characters. And so, but it's just a unique fighting platformer where you switch between four different characters and they each have different abilities and different uses. And so you're constantly switching based on what the platform level and the enemies have you doing. And there's a there's deep, deep mechanics. It's it's fast paced. You can still have a breath whenever you need to, or not whenever you need to, but like there are moments to kind of like, okay, I got through that. You can have a moment with nothing's trying to kill you. But it's beautiful from an art and animation perspective. Everything is just fluid and fun. And then it also has a really lovely sense of humor. Uh, specifically the goddess guide that's kind of like guiding me through the first you know, few levels. Um, very, very fun. And um, I will return to it more on, I think on the show when I have more time just because of how deep it does appear to be. Um, but yeah, I would really recommend people that if you have Xbox Game Pass, check out Unruly Heroes. Uh, I don't think you'd be disappointed, at least not with your first few levels because I, I certainly wasn't.
1: Yeah, I got to check that one out. It's one that I, I, I knew of, but wasn't, didn't stay on my radar long enough to get the install, but the fact that it's on game pass and I enjoyed Ori, I probably need to check this one out as well.
0: Well, that brings us into the Internet Minute, which is brought to you by you. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member only Discord server. There are multiple levels with different rewards like Discord roles, even access to bonus audio content on the Patreon page. We've got 21 patrons right now. We're always looking to add one more each month. If you'd like that to be you, then check out patreon.com thesizzlecafe. The pick this week is uh, from me via Ryan, actually. You sent me this link, what, today, earlier yesterday? I can't remember when. Uh, this is the new Xbox Series X headset from Microsoft. Uh, as I think some of you know on the show, I have been struggling with finding a good over-the-ear headset for multiple use around the apartment and studio i want to be able to play on the xbox like i did with ryan on monday night i'd like to be able to use it for headphones on the pc i don't need a mic on the pc i've got my podcasting mics Um, but i also wouldn't mind having something that i could maybe listen to music to or watch movies with that sort of thing and uh, this new headset from microsoft might be it Uh, we don't know yet because it's only been announced you can't actually get it yet it's uh, available march 16th Pre order started the other day on February 16th. It's wireless, has Dolby Atmos slash DTS headphone X, up to 15 hours of battery, large over ear ear cups with Xbox wireless and Bluetooth, equalizer adjustments and presets, as well as a retractable mic. It's not retractable in that it doesn't go inside the headset, but it does fold up out of the way Uh, rather than just like up over the ear pieces. It actually folds into one of the, the cups. Um, it's a little bit heavier than the current headset I'm using. I'm using a cloud X from HyperX, X, uh, which is around three, 212 grams. And these are 312. Um, hopefully there's not as much pinch pressure or clamping force from the Xbox series X headset. I, I find that's been my problem with the last couple of headsets I've been trying. Uh, they don't fit very well. Uh, The battery boasts 30 minutes of charge to get four hours of battery and three hours of charge to get to the top estimated 15 hours of battery life. Obviously, it depends on what you're doing, how often you're, you know, listening to things. I would imagine if you're connecting Bluetooth to your phone and Xbox wireless, you're probably not going to get the 15 hours. Um, But still, I'd imagine like it's enough that I think that you're not going to like have it go dead on you all the time. Um, and it retails for 99 US or 129 Canadian, which is pretty good for a wireless headset that boasts Dolby Atmos. Um, have you have you looked at this closely, Ryan?
1: Yeah, I'm not as not super closely. I think when you look at these wireless headsets, I'm I'm definitely in the market for a wireless headset after using my new wired headset uh, that I got uh, for Black Friday. Which is a, um, oh, what is it? I think it's a Steel Series, or uh, Elite Elite USB. So, you know, you think I'd know what it was since I fretted over so much when I was trying to buy it. Um, but the this headset here, like uh, Sony, has a similar sort of offering. I don't think it has Dolby Atmos. They have their own technology in their wireless headset. Uh, but I think this new Microsoft one is really interesting in the sense that it is being advertised as a headset that will work for your Xbox, your PC, your, your mobile phone. And it actually, another cool feature is that it supports, um, dual connections. So you can have it connected to your phone and your Xbox, and you can be receiving audio from both of those. So, and, and, and the mic as well. So one, you might be asking, well, what use case do you have there? It's like, well, well, you know if we wanted to use discord for our voice chat you could have discord running on your phone and then the headset is connected to your phone for discord and then your headset is also connected to the xbox for the audio from the game and i think that is such a cool feature because sometimes it's just easier to use discord although we manage with the xbox um, party system it's just uh it's I'd like to see all these features that they've added in. I mean, Dolby Atmos, that's crazy in a headset. Like you honestly usually have to pay a a premium for that. Although mind you, I think you have to pay for the Dolby, to access the Dolby Atmos uh, on your Xbox. There's like a monthly subscription or something because I have a soundbar that has Dolby Atmos and you get that for free, but they have some sort of like, paid thing for your headphones it might be a one-time unlock i could be wrong that's a
0: weird thing i've never i've never heard of that the way that i mean when i set up the tv like i mean the tv does not have fantastic speakers but it just it will absolutely do Dolby atmos if that's what's coming to it there's not enough hardware to take advantage of it to its full potential but um with Dolby, you know, uh, Dolby Vision and HDR content. Like the television just switches based on what's coming in. I know Atmos is audio, but uh, like I feel like I don't know if I've ever heard. I could, people can correct me if I'm wrong. So feel free to write in at the Citadel Cafe at gmail.com. But I am i don't think you'd have to pay for unlocking Dolby Atmos, especially not in the Xbox wireless headset. Really?
1: Uh, yeah. So it's 20 bucks Canadian. It's an add on for the Dolby at. A- dolby access app and it's dolby atmos for headphones really so you do have to purchase the the sort of the app uh the app is free and it's shady it's um i you know what it comes down to it's probably it comes down to licensing and they must throw in just the the tv sound system for free because that is going to be a majority of your users but yeah it, it is a there's a free trial for your dolby atmos uh <laughs> connection over headphones and yeah this is this is the new world uh, uh, you know all these technologies all working together and i mean it is a one-time purchase but there are a lot of games specifically on the previous generation it was kind of like a it was kind of a premium feature i know cyberpunk supported it um but uh I think going forward with this new generation it's it's going to be more supported by by content but yeah it is a it is a one time purchase It's twenty bucks it's a little weird but i I bet you any money has to do from a licensing thing, and for some reason they th- they throw you a bone
0: well, it's better I can see it from a business perspective. It's better to get these out under the hundred dollar price tag, right mm hmm if you had to include it, then they're gonna start at one thirty nine, you know, one twenty. Like they'd be up into the one sixty, one seventy Canadian if that was the yeah. case. If that was without with most people either not wanting to or not going to be taking advantage of it. Um like if most of your gamers are using it to play Minecraft on their Xbox, they don't really care about Dolby Atmos, you know? <laughs> um Yeah yeah i just that's because i would one of the appealing features for these would be to listen to movies to watch movies with them on at which point i would be wanting to spend the extra money on the dolby atmos but yeah well i mean i guess if this is the world we live in it's better than a monthly (laughs) subscription as opposed to uh just a one-time unlock i'm glad i looked it up yeah that is bizarre because that that does add a price tag to to the headphones because anybody in our shoes is going to want to unlock the dolby atmos right you're going to want that experience and that changes the price tag attached to them but um, none of it matters if they don't fit (laughs) (laughs) so there's that um having a real hard time with just i don't have a large head i think it's just that a lot of headphones are just clamping harder in the most recent years i I think because it, it adds to the um passive noise cancellation but it is uncomfortable i'm not a fan um but that's i mean that's my pick this week what do you have
1: i just threw this in here uh you know earlier today nintendo had their first direct uh the nintendo direct which is their sort of presentation mode kind of you know brought video game companies into the into this idea of doing you know just live stream events like uh nintendo kind of did it first everyone's like oh this is really weird uh, but then Sony and Microsoft have, have quickly followed suit and the the significance of this Nintendo direct is that this is the first one we've had in over a year. so throughout 29 or 2020 during the pandemic and we're still going on with this pandemic but uh, they didn't have any of these big events and usually they're they're nearly an hour long it's a bunch of announcements, games we haven't heard of in development being confirmed and uh this was their the first one of those usually early on in the year when they do one their first one off off the hop is kind of focusing on you know the next six months and those games uh, you know games that release from january through the summer are usually not the the big bombastic titles that people look forward to it's usually the fall and and winter months where where those come out so we'll probably get those announcements down the road but this is pretty significant that we haven't had one of these in over a year and you know some highlights they they kind of showcased a little bit of everything um they did you know kick the can down the road when it came to breath of the wild 2 saying yeah we'll have news later but they did announce the skyward sword hd on the switch which looks really good uh, new smash character um animal crossing is going to be getting a mario update to help celebrate the 35th anniversary of mario so there's a bunch of new items being added to animal crossing they've done a great job at supporting that game so it's 50 minutes of content so there's there's something in there for for everyone who's who's a fan of nintendo related content so it's uh you can go in and you can go to the youtube channel for nintendo and kind of find the whole direct but you can also find uh all the trailers sort of split out all the big ones so you can kind of pick and choose what you want to sort of view so yeah it's uh it was really exciting we watched it i watched it with the kids because it was it was airing during dinner time (laughs) so we made a little event of it and uh yeah being nintendo it was pretty easy to say like this is probably going to be fine for kids there were a couple moments where there was like monsters on screen and stuff where i was just i said to them ahead of time i explained to the kids like look like this is a Nintendo thing. It's probably mostly good, but if we want to do this again, uh, I might have to take the tablet away if there's like, you know, an adult thing that comes on the screen, and uh, and that's that's how we explain it to the kids. I know adult thing to other adults sounds much worse than it is, but yeah, if there's mature content on screen, I'm going to take the tablet away and then I'm going to bring it back. Just know that you're not missing anything. Uh, it's just it's just not for kids. But it was it was good because doesn't
0: Left Left for Dead comes out on switch right like that's one of the titles that they they have on that right
1: uh no i don't think they have left for dead i think the closest thing that was like there's a zombie game though oh yes yeah there was a there was a zombie game shown i mean resident evil stuff usually comes out on the switch that's what it is thank you yeah and i think there was there was a couple announcements that were like i was getting ready to take the tablet away. But again, Nintendo caters to an all ages. So even if a game like, I think they announced a Ninja Gaiden trilogy, and that's a pretty bloody, Mm -hmm. you know, mature title. But again, because it's Nintendo, they, they make it known that this is a mature title, but they don't show you all the mature bits. They just, they kind of give you the, the spliced action so that it is still suitable for all ages to a certain extent. But, um, They really dug it. They got bored near the end uh, after dinner was done. And that's when all the big announcements, all the Zelda stuff was happening. And I'm like, okay, let's just calm down. We're almost there. Daddy wants to know what they're doing to Skyward Sword because he kind of wants to play it again because I know it wasn't that great on Wii, but hey, maybe it'll look better. (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) they were constantly screaming like, "Uh, mommy, uh, do you want to buy this game? And I'm like, no, I don't think, you know, mommy wants to buy the... uh, the The Ninja trilogy that Daddy did not like because he's terrible <laughs> at those games, but uh, let's keep asking and <laughs> from across maybe the room. You'll,
0: maybe you'll hit a home run. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: hilarious. <laughs> so we had some fun with it.
0: Well, that wraps up this episode of The Citadel Cafe. You can get information about the things that Ryan and I talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email the show at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or find us by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show just tell a friend about the Siddle cafe and where they can go to listen to it my name is joel duggan you can find everything i am doing online including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com you can also listen to my other podcast all about minecraft at the huge snapshot this week uh, we talked about the introduction of caves in the caves and cliffs update as well as uh, the world height increasing to a total of 384 blocks up from two hundred and fifty-six, so that is available right now at thespawnchunks.com. Uh, you can also check out Twitch.tv/slash Joel Duggan, where I do streams every weekend. Currently spending a lot of time in Minecraft, building a medieval city, and having a blast doing it. Ryan, where can people find you online?
1: Well, the best place to follow me is on Twitter. I'm at rMurphy, and if you're looking for my podcast, whether you're into gaming, zombies. Uh, or you are a parent uh, you can go to tgistudios.com find all those links and uh, that is the best place to find me online you've been listening
0: to the Sizzle cafe where we are fast easy and cheap but you can only pick two